Hey everybody, welcome back to the Third Deck Lounge podcast. Today we're going to be talking with uh, Demetrius Blade, who's a 3-6 vet. He was with the India Company, and um, today we're going to be talking about uh, how to file your fucking disability claims with the VA. This is going to be a fucking real cool conversation that's going to help out like a lot of dudes, because a lot of people fucking... They either put off getting the uh, claims, or they just fucking, they don't know how to fucking do it, but, uh, myself included, but, hey man, welcome to the show, though. How you guys doing? Yeah, dude, this is gonna be fucking, uh, cool, so, fucking, where did, where did you, I know before we started recording, you mentioned your, uh, did you say your girlfriend's, uh, father? Yeah, my, well, she's my wife now, but, oh, okay. yeah, my wife's father helped me out through a lot of this stuff, because... He's a he's a disabled veteran as well. He's in the army, but uh, you know he helped me through the process because there's a lot of stuff that they put you through and a lot of shit that uh, <laughs> they yank you around with. So. Oh yeah, dude, I fucking <laughs> so, took me fucking forever to figure out how to do my shit. Yeah, it's definitely not a short process either. I mean, from start to finish, for me personally, uh, I was probably looking at like a year, maybe a year and a half from the first time I seen my first payment. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's definitely not fill out your paperwork and then everything's done. You know, I go talk to, like, a bunch of doctors and stuff, which have no affiliation with the VA, just the fact that they're contracted out to do this. Oh, so it's not even really done at the VA, like these exams? No, none of it's done at, none of it's done at the VA. Oh, it's all through. What? Yeah, so the company I had to go through, too, I believe it's everywhere across the United States. It's called QTC. So they get a bunch of, like, a physician assistants and they sit down with you and like, oh, I see that you put this down on your disability claim. Well, when does it hurt? You know, kind of this stuff and along the lines with uh, like, when do you think the injury occurred? So, you know, and where a lot of people mess up is they think that the doctors can like assist you with like range of movement, which they're definitely not allowed to do. So... What what do you what uh, do you mean by that? Uh, so say that your back's messed up, right? Uh huh. So they want so this this physician assistant asks you, okay, well bend down and touch your toes and tell me when it starts to hurt. So they're, what they're looking at is range of motion from your back, shoulder, legs, and what they'll do is well they'll come over and they'll like assist you to push you down further and be like, oh you can go further, it's not hurting, which they're not allowed to do. What the fuck? Yeah. Because my father-in-law had to deal with that with his back. And they were like, no, you can do it. Like, nothing's wrong with your back. Meanwhile, he has like three fused vertebrae. Oh, my God, dude. I'm sure he wanted <laughs> so, to rock them in the face when they fucking, they're like, you're fine. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he was, he was a little furious about that. So, I mean, like, and this is another thing that people forget, too, is like, it's not based about what you went to BAS for. That doesn't matter. That is, it helps you, but they can give you ratings off of anything, regardless if you went to BAS. Right. I was gonna mention that. Um, when you're you're so you're fucking BAS medical records, um, all that shit, it means like fucking nothing to the VA. It's it's used as like supporting evidence when they deny one of your claims, and you want to like go and like challenge the decision. That's when your fucking medical records get used. Yeah, and then, uh, so I just had a doctor's appointment, like, last week. 
and they were like, oh, let me look up your charts. They hadn't started getting my charts until six months before I got out of the military. So literally everything else before that is on that CD that they give you or they're supposed to give you when you get all uh, your records transferred over. Huh. When you're doing your checkout process. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember doing that. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's very important to keep that. Don't lose that because that's good if they lose, you know, your records. You got your own personal copy. Right. Yeah. It's very important. Then, even then, make like more copies of that shit. Yeah. Because uh, when I had my job and stuff, I needed my vaccination records and stuff. So that was helpful because I just went right back through there and pulled that out and printed it and gave it to my job. So, so um, you know, if I. Sorry, what is that? Good. Good. Oh, no, I was going to ask you. Um, so, so when you do get out and you're like okay well now i want to fucking start getting these claims um you go to the website right you just type in va disability thing and then you click on it and you start filling out that shit um so so most of it's most of it's through e-benefits a lot of your uh, claims and stuff like are through e-benefits that's where you start a lot of it because they'll like direct you to like the va stuff but it's easier if you go to e-benefits and it'll be like my disabilities and then you start your claim, and it'll ask you, like, uh, you know, it'll ask you different things, like if you're a combat veteran, if you have these medals and different things, because some of those can correlate you to some combat issues or, like, the uh, Gulf War Syndrome, which is, like, if you were in, like, Kuwait, Jordan, anywhere in the Middle East, Syria, you know, so, uh, so that's a good thing to remember. Yeah, I didn't you know, even but, know about benefits i i literally just did it all on the va website yeah i know that i was talking to um right he was telling me too that like your um trs his was only like three days uh so i know they've like cut a lot of stuff out and it was like all online and i think you lose a lot of good information because they're doing that which i know covid had to deal with some of that and you know the yeah, stuff. The, I mean, uh, the whole exams part of it's fucking apparently they stopped doing that for like a month once COVID started. Um yeah. and like now now I think it's like just a super complicated fucking process because of COVID. Yeah, I mean there was I know when I went through, I mean, this was like in kind of like the end of twenty eighteen before we deployed. Um I know they sent us through and I think I believe it was like a week or two weeks, I can't remember exactly, but they went through and helped you with, like, you know, your resume, which is actually helpful because, you know, depending on what jobs you want, if you go to want to go to the federal level, um, they're really in-depth with the equips and everything, which a lot of that was filled out when everybody joined, uh, if you guys remember. But they that resume really helped me out when they helped us. Oh, Because shit. they wanted, like, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, yeah I when I was yeah, I didn't either. And then they're like, "Yeah, uh, you filled this out when you enlisted," and I'm like, "I don't remember that. I mean, that was like five years ago." But yeah, that's that's insane. So once you once you have uh, yeah, I didn't even. That's fucking. That's still kind of blowing my mind. It's like I've never even heard of this shit till like now. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I did a lot of personal research. I talked to like a lot of veterans that got out, and like, you know, there's. There's so much information out there that we're not given to, like, you know, because everybody pushes, like, reenlistment, which is fine. If you want to do that, that's good, you know. 
but they don't give you the information that we need to get out here and do what we need to do through the VA, through, uh, you know, the GI bills and different things like that, because there's just so much information. I mean, pages and pages of information that we weren't given. Right, dude. And that's why I think it's like super cool having like a, a podcast where dudes can just listen into whatever fucking topic. Cause there's like, cause we always talk about this shit is that dudes, there, there's all this information out there about fucking whatever fucking subject, like the VA, for example, but it, it's almost like hard to fucking find it because it's not like readily available. But like when we sit here and we have these conversations about it going in depth and just like literally explaining the whole process and like all the obstacles and shit that you faced yourself and then people have insight into that and then can avoid those same problems and can actually just, you know, get shit done quicker. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like, I don't know. They, they give you this persona where it's like, you know, you got your brother's back. And then when you get out, it's <laughs> it's not really like that sometimes because, you know, this information would help a lot of people, you know, whether it's disability claims or, you know, it's whether they're going to get the GI Bill to go to school. Because, you know, the VA, they make things hard. They really kind of just want to see how many loops you're going to go through to get this stuff. Like, they don't make it easy, especially with, like, the disability claims and different things like that. because. You know, you got to go to all these doctor's appointments and then got time to find to like, oh, well, I got a job. So, you know, now I got to get the time off to go. You know, if I was to give like advice, it would be to file your claims as soon as you get out. Because it's harder for the VA to prove that you don't have that disability once you get right out of the military. Like I filed mine in February and I got out in November. So, oh, you so know, a lot of my... A lot of my stuff, they weren't able to say, oh, well, you don't have this wrong. Well, I got out two months ago, and I didn't have that problem four and a half years ago when I got out. Or when I got in, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. So fucking just waiting is almost kind of like fucking yourself even harder. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you say, say you wait a year, year and a half plus, to, to fight, even within six months of getting out, you know, then they're like, well, you've been out of the military for this long. Well, what's your job? Oh, will you lift heavy things? Oh, well, that's why your back's messed up. Not because you, it wasn't, it's not going to be service connected. Or they could, you know, fight you. And then the process, which I'm going through right now to, uh, you file uh, appeals and then you got to go through that. And like, there's a higher level appeal, which is above like actual doctors look at it through the VA. Just like, see, you're disputing a claim essentially. So, like, you know, say it's migraines or, you know, you have back pain and you got to fight through them and you got to wait and they look through a bunch more paperwork and you got to peel it again. And then eventually it will get to the point where you got to go in front of a judge and the judge is going to say yes or no, you have this wrong with you. So, I mean, it's, a judge. it's yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. So my father-in-law had to go through that with his back. Uh, he ended up breaking it while he was in, and they said it wasn't service-connected. So he had to appeal it, appeal it, appeal it, and then eventually he had to get a lawyer, which was through the VA, and then he had to go in front of a judge, and the judge was like, yeah, this is service-connected. So it's Why crazy. Why does it have to get to that point, though? That's That's absurd. So, I mean, some of the doctors and, you know, physician assistants, they're like, yeah, you know, you served your country, you deserve to get this, you know, we'll put this down as service connected. But then you got people that are like, 
you know, you literally got fight tooth and nail just to get this approved. And um, I talked to somebody the other day at the VA, my doctor, and she said that a lot of it has to do with, too, they look at if you're working or not. Because there's two different types of disability. You're either employable or you're not employable. So you can be 100% disabled and still be working a full-time job making, you know, 60, 70 plus thousand dollars a year. Or you could be non-employable where you can't work anymore and, you know, you could be 100% disabled. But then that allows you to collect Social Security early. But you don't want to go the non-employable route unless you really can't work. Because, so you know, most of us are only, you know, in your 20s when you get out, right? So what ends up happening is those four years of you being in the military, you put money into Social Security, right? So if you're 100% disabled, non-employable, can't work anymore, and you had to collect Social Security, you're only going to get about maybe three or $400 a month, maybe less than that. And you can't build any more Social Security up. Whereas if you go employable, you can make... You know, I think 100% right now is about $3,000 a month. So that's $36,000 a year off of disability. And then you can make whatever your job is, too. So, I mean, you could be making $100,000 with disability and your job. Isn't that kind of crazy? And your uh, disability is tax-free, too. So that's just straight money. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't know that either. That's, uh, that's yep. interesting. So yeah. I know because... Some people are like, well, you got to list that under your taxes. Nope. That's tax-free. Government can't touch it. That's that's actually pretty cool. That's actually really, really cool. So Another thing is the VA, so say your rating is 50%, right? And they made the final decision on January 1st of last year, right? And you have a year to file appeals. A year to file appeals. After that, the VA can go back. Say you you file appeal after your, a year after your decision, a year and one day. They can go back in and change your ratings on different disabilities that you've already been given. So you have to keep your claims open. As long as your claims are open, they can't change your disability rating that you're getting. But after that year, year and one day, they can say you're at 50%. They could take... 30% of that stuff away saying that, oh, well, it's not that injured and it wasn't service-connected. Well, so that's a very important thing to remember. So, wait, just so I understand this. So, say I get like 50% or whatever off of my shit, and then after yeah. that year, they can just fucking change that? If you go in and make an appeal. So, say that you are 50%, but then you realize, oh, shit, they didn't give me... Uh, dis uh, service connection for my foot pain that I'm getting, and you file an appeal. Well, when you go back in for them to reevaluate you for your foot, they can reevaluate you for your back, your head, anything. Damn. And they can yeah, take that so away from you. Gotcha. So they can take it away from you. That yeah. is kind of fucked. Yeah. So remember, uh, when you file your claims and they give you, you know, here's our final decision. You got fifty percent. They'll send you a big letter. It'll be a big, like, white envelope. Uh, and they'll say, okay, these are your service connections, disabilities, and these are your non-service connection, which will be a zero rating. Um, you got to remember that as soon as you get that letter, from that time that they made that final decision, you have one year to file your appeals before they can, you know, after that year, they can 
be like, oh, well, you made this appeal for this, but they could take away your rating. Huh. Which is messed up. Yeah, that is kind of fucked up, actually. Especially after all the fucking time you put in to fucking get to that point. Yeah, they made me drive uh, four hours to get my blood pressure taken because they said there wasn't a doctor available within 200 miles. Four hours for blood pressure. Yeah, I had to drive from uh, Morgantown to Cleveland. That is absolutely absurd. Yeah. I mean, and so when you're doing your, uh, you know, when you're going to these doctors, they do compensate you for your gas. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I drove from Morgantown to Pittsburgh. It's like an hour and some change, and it was uh, $86. So they do compensate you for gas. Huh. Yeah. I didn't even know that. And if you're, uh, if you're short change, you can ask for the money up front. They can uh, give you the money up front so you can get gas money to go to these appointments. Oh, shit. Huh. So. That's kind of neat. Yeah, if you're in that situation. So, all right. So, so we talked on like starting it, like going onto the website or going onto eBenefits and like putting that shit in, and then fucking a little bit about the appointments and shit. Um, and then so, and then we hit on the fucking shit. We covered a lot. <laughs> oh, oh, and there's one more thing I forgot to tell you. This is very important. So no matter if you got 20% to 100%, right? If mm-hmm. They're going to ask you if you got health insurance. Tell them no. The VA will pay for everything for you. Um, I just went last week, and they gave me all my blood pressure cuffs to test my blood pressure. Um, they sent me my medication for free. Like, you know, don't, don't make them charge, because they will. They will charge an insurance company to go see the VA. Um, Wait, so what? just remember. Yeah. So they ask you if you have any primary uh, health insurance. And uh, that's like one of the things within the whole g- gist of everything, right? They ask you if you have primary health insurance. Tell them no, because if not, I mean, I work for the federal government right now. So they're going <laughs> to, you know, they're going to take a pretty penny from them if they do. But yeah, tell them, tell them you don't have insurance because everything's free for us, you know? Everything. I mean, if you need, you know, a blood, uh, a diabetes tester, like all the strips, all that stuff. If you need insulin pumps, like all that stuff's free, you know. So utilize it. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, that's um, that's you insane. Know? So, I always thought the VA was like, uh, like if you're a veteran, this is a fucking you know like a government run thing. You're not gonna have to use your own fucking health insurance because then you got to start paying copayments and all this other fucking shit. Oh yeah, and then you know. Once you, once you reach like 90, it might be 80 or 90%, everything is like, 100% of everything's paid. So like, if you really need like surgeries or anything, like at that point, like you pretty much are covered, you know, because 20 to 80 or 90, don't quote me on it, it's one of these two. It's been a long time since I've actually like read up on this stuff. But uh, you're like, you're pretty much classified as if you were 100% disabled. So, you know, you get, there's like different things you can get because 90% and a hundred percent are pretty much the same thing. Uh, the payments just the, the, the payment you get each month is about a thousand dollars difference. Uh, 90% is like 2000, a hundred percent is like 3000. And then every dependence you have is like a hundred dollars extra a month. So, yeah, I think, I think I remember hearing something about that. Um, 
Yeah, that's all insane. I didn't even think that you'd need to use your own fucking health insurance. That's that honestly is kind of stupid. Yeah, and you know, because I know everybody, I know everybody's kind of against the COVID vaccine. Obviously, I mean, depending on what your stance is, but uh, yeah. they also got all that kind of stuff too. So, if you need any type of vaccines, you know, flu shots, anything like that, they all got you. You know, they they got all that stuff. Huh? Yeah, I didn't know that they did that kind of like seasonal stuff. Yeah, I didn't know until I went. They were like, oh, do you want your flu shot? And I was like, I already got it because of work. And they're like, okay, well, what about the COVID vaccine? I was like, I had to get that because of work, too. So so they do offer those two. And I think they offer all three, uh, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, and the Maderm. So so they got all that stuff. So what what kind of... um... I guess what other what other obstacles did you run into trying to get everything set up? Um, obviously there was like a lot of paperwork and stuff, and you know, so they're gonna. So a lot of the stuff was like, well, when did you injure this? And you know, that was like, you know, some of those some of those injuries and stuff were within you know my first year being in, so. Make sure you remember, remember like what injury was and stuff because they're gonna ask you uh, when you go like, well, well, when did this happen and why do you think and you know just a bunch of extra stuff and then you know they're gonna get into you know meat and potatoes. Well, why didn't you go see uh, BAS or you know the medical officer? And a lot of it is you know obviously gonna be because the Cormans wouldn't let us or you know the chain of command was you know you know how it is. I mean we've all been there. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was really the only obstacles was just, you know, stop being lazy and actually fill out the paperwork and, you know, get everything together. Yeah, because I know to get your uh, your CD from, from, at least for me, I know that I need to still send the Naval Hospital, like, this form or something for them to, like, put all my shit onto a CD and, like, send it out to me. Yeah, see, see when I went through the whole process, you know, this was pre, pre-COVID, so... We literally got ours at the hospital, you know. We put all the paperwork to get it, and then, like, a week later, they sent it. Like, we went and picked it up or whatever. Oh, shit. Huh. So, COVID's kind of really, like, messed all this up for everybody. Yeah. And another another big thing, too, is uh, a lot of people don't know that you'll get um, back pay from uh, all this shit, like, from the day you got out. Uh, so you get back paid from the first day you file. So I filed oh, really? like, yeah, so it's, so I filed like February 25th and I didn't get, uh, my like rating until I think it was July, maybe a little bit longer. And it was almost, it was almost a year, but, uh, I got like $12,000 back. So, oh. you know, and that's, it's one, it's one payment. Um, so. You know, that's good, too. Yeah, it's all up front. It's not, like, stretched out over time. No. And, I mean, uh, that, you know, extra money definitely helps a lot, depending on, uh, you know, what situations we're all in. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, because uh, everybody that I asked about it, they were telling me that they got back paid from, like, the day they got out. I don't know if maybe they did something different, or... Depends maybe... on when you file, really. Um, well, yeah, if they, they could... did, yeah, if they did it yeah. back then. No. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people filed as soon as they got out, but yeah. Um, I mean, when I asked about it, they told me I got paid from the day I filed. So, 
maybe this person didn't know what they were talking about. You never know. <laughs> right, right. And you said, yeah, we, so you said this shit took you like fucking a year? Yeah, so oh because I fought in February uh, and I didn't really get a response back until June, maybe August, between June and August sometime. And then I had another like six months of just doctor's appointments spread out and like, you know, depending on what it is. And then, you know, some of the appointments were like, you know, a few hours long. So, yeah, it's definitely, it takes a lot of time. Um, um you know, yeah. Is, is, sorry, what were you saying? I was saying it's definitely, um, I was going to say it's definitely something you need to jump onto because it's not going to get better with time. That's for sure. Because, uh, you know, depending on what, you know, we have all sorts of problems, you know, mental, you know, physical, you know, all that stuff. Like, and you want to get treated. Maybe you have a bad job right now and you don't have insurance. Well, getting all this started will definitely help you out. And because, you know, none of this stuff gets better with injuries. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to be, income too. you know, we're supposed to be these hard as nail Marines, but uh, <laughs> your body disagrees after you get out. Oh yeah. Especially like the more time goes on. Cause everybody keeps telling me that they're like dudes that have been out for like years compared to like, you know, the, the fucking length of time that I've been out and, um, all of them keep telling me they're like, don't stop going to the gym. Don't stop stretching like any of that shit. Cause they're like, they're like at the time we didn't really fucking feel it. But like now they're all like, dude, this fucking sucks. Oh yeah. It, uh, stretching is definitely a big thing. I know that's helped me a lot out a lot. Um, but, you know, as the cold weather comes around, uh, the definitely my joints definitely start hurting. So, uh, yeah, stretch, stretching, st stretching helps for me. Uh, I still run and stuff every day or every other day. It's kind, of, it's kind of hard with my work schedule because um, at the prison and stuff, sometimes it's not as easy as just like, oh, well, I'm going to do an eight-hour shift. Sometimes it's like sixteen. So, right, um, right. Got to sleep somewhere, somewhere in between there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and, you know, definitely, definitely stay on that. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've been going to the gym every day still. So that's good. At least some of, some of my shit, like with, uh, with what, uh, Chris Abdu has been doing with his page, like doing some of that shit's actually been helping me. Mm. I have to check that out. Yeah. It's, it's called a uh, corrective core. I think. Okay. Something. I think I, I had started to uh, listen to that today. Actually his podcast um, because I haven't, I uh, haven't had as much downtime as I'd like, but I've had, I've started to listen to a few of them actually. So they yeah. sound pretty good. I think this is good what we're doing here. So yeah, dude. You know. And and I remember uh, too before we uh, started recording, you mentioned too about your job, like working in the, uh, working in the prison system and like the just the opportunities and stuff that you can get from that. Oh yeah, I think that's really big for people to. Uh, you know, I, I know everybody wants to get into law enforcement and stuff, which is great. But um, there's also, like, the Federal Bureau of Corrections, which uh, right now I think they're starting out at, like, 45000 a year, uh, full benefits. The health care is the same, same as what we had when we were in. Uh, the TSP is the same and everything. So you can actually roll your TSP over uh, into the federal, the federal uh, bureau. So you can add on to what you've already started while you're in the Marine Corps. So... In any other branch. So I know they're always hiring. They're in like 40 some states. So uh, a lot of them are down south and pretty much everywhere. 
hospital, and they're always hiring. I mean, you can, within your first three years, you go from like 45000 to, I believe it's 60, 60000 within three years. So, oh, yeah, that's definitely something to consider. What? Um, um, yeah, especially if you're getting in this fucking, um, the fucking and, and it, disability. Oh, yeah. It's also, uh, a lot of people use it as like a stepping stone. So, say you want to get into the FBI, uh, ATF, different things like that. You can actually, it's easier to transfer than to get hired off the street, essentially. Really? Yeah. I mean, I and, guess that uh, makes sense then. I mean, that does make sense kind of when you think about it. Yeah, a lot of people use it to like leapfrog into uh, like the air marshals and stuff. Even the regular marshals. Uh, we've had like four or five people leave within the past year. So, uh, that's pretty good. So, like, your day-to-day, what do you really, what do you do? Uh, so, like, honestly, the, the prison itself, it, I mean, it runs itself, essentially. We're just there to, you know, make sure nothing happens. Uh, you know, that we're pretty much there to help get them to through their day-to-day lives, which is, like, they go to medical. Uh, some of them go to school and different things like that. A lot of them have jobs. So you're just pretty much doing that, and then... Um, Wait, know, since I've, yeah, so they have, uh, some of them are like cooks, depending on, so at Hazleton, there's three, well, you have the, the max, the USP, which is like where like the worst of the worst are. Then you got your medium, which is like, you know, like, like not like a lot of drugs and stuff are down there and chomas and stuff, you know, child molesters. And then you have your camp, which is like really low. But, uh, so pretty much. At the USP, they have uh, they can work a food service. They have plumbers and electricians up there, um, you know. And then some of them just clean different areas within within the prison. So, huh? I didn't even know that. So, uh, I honestly thought they all just kind of sat in their cells all day. Or like, no, had no, I mean, time. yeah, they get like an hour and a half out each day, uh, depending on what's going on and. You know, I mean, there's, sometimes there's fights and stuff. So, you know, you got people stabbing each other. So, I mean, I think now we're getting uh, those extendable batons, but really we just carry around OC pretty much and, uh, you know, whatever force is necessary to stop them fighting. So, huh. But uh, it's pretty, but then there's also like towers and different things where you're like armed towers where you're sitting up there pretty much. Twiddling your thumbs all day, wait. post all day, all over again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's not a bad job to start out with. Uh, it can be boring, but there's a lot of good people up there. And, um, I think I'm going to use it to leapfrog into a different agency uh, whenever an opening comes up. I think I'm going to try to go air marshals. Maybe uh, I think I want to go back to school too. So what, we'll what see do what air happens. Marshals do? Uh, so pretty much, they're. You know, oh wait, isn't in, that isn't that like they uh they fly commercial on planes and they uh yeah. they have pistols and shit in case someone tries to like hijack it. Yeah, and they're in like clothes, uh, they're just uh... in civilian clothes all day. So that's a pretty good job too. I mean, there's there's a lot of opportunities too, uh, you know. The uh at, what is it? The National the NSA, there's a lot of jobs there too. So uh and the VA, the VA has a lot of jobs too where they hire uh, veterans and different things like that. Yeah, so, they they'll they'll take dudes from uh what you're working at from uh for the, for the uh, NSA. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, so, some of them are, 
like degree based, but they will take people. Um, because I know somebody just went down there for some kind of security that they had down there. And then uh, I know there's a NASA building here in Fairmont. They'll actually do armed security. And I think it's like $23 an hour. And you're classified as a federal law enforcement officer, which is the same thing at the prison. So you're under, covered under the LEOSA Act, which is like you can conceal carry in all 50 states, regardless of what their local laws say, essentially, about concealed carry. So, so that's pretty nice. Yeah. That's, uh, that's fucking, that's why I didn't think there'd be that much, uh, opportunity working, working in, uh, the prison system. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of stuff. It's just, you know, people don't really think of that and they're just kind of like go somewhere else. But I mean, I mean, there's a lot of schooling opportunities too. Uh, just, just in general, I mean, some of it's kind of boring, but they also have like special teams where they do like uh, they have a sort team, which is like a QRF pretty much for the prison. They run with all like uh, lethals and stuff like they've got like MP5s and different things like that that they shoot. And then um, they have DCT and there's another one. It's a less lethal, but they pretty much just deal with like riot riot gear pretty much and uh, CS gas and different things like that. Oh, damn. You know, I wanted to ask you, because I remember this was like months and months ago. I I really honestly don't remember the exact timing of this, but I remember uh, hearing about how a couple of prisoners had like actually like escaped out of prison and I forgot how they did it. But I was just wondering, I was like, what the what what happens? Like, what do you guys do when all that shit goes down? Like if someone's fucking missing? So pretty much the whole the whole place goes on lockdown and they do emergency counts like. Staying up counts, everybody goes back in their cell, you know, you're counting to see uh, which inmates is it and different things like that. And then pretty much the local law enforcement comes in and deals with the surrounding areas. So you get your, you know, obviously your state police, sheriffs, local police departments, uh, the FBI is going to get involved and they're pretty much going to do massive manhunts, essentially, because um, there's actually at Hazleton right now, there's an ex-Navy SEAL who got caught bringing guns back from Afghanistan. And uh, so he's like really, really high risk for that because he already, he tried to escape from prison in California actually. And he made it all the way to the last fence that we have. So. Holy shit. How do you, how did he fucking do that? Him and like five other dudes, like got some bed sheets and different things like that. And like climbed through them over the razor wire and different things like that. So, I mean, they're pretty, pretty creative. Um, so, but yeah, he's a high risk from, you know, obviously his advanced military training. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. a fucking Navy SEAL, I'd be fucking worried. Yeah. <laughs> so, like he's trying to what? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I tell them people up there, I'm like, it don't matter what you do to him. Like if he wants to kill somebody, he's going to kill somebody. Yeah. I mean, honestly, with that much training. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there's no not like... stopping this guy unless you shoot him. Yeah. So... There's definitely a he's definitely a risk. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. I mean I mean that's it's a it's a good job. Um now with schooling and stuff is not so easy to work up there, but there's also like um I don't know if anybody's going to be for nursing and stuff, but there's also nursing jobs up there too as well where they make they make pretty good money too. They make a little bit more than we do. Um but you know, nurses, doctors, HR people, 
uh, depending on what job you want. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities. It's not just being a, you know, a correctional officer. Right. I was going to say, so when you got, when you first started getting into this, did you do it like right after you got out or were you kind of like just doing something else for a little bit? And then you're like, oh, uh, I'll check so this out. So I was, when I was going to school, I was doing like a bunch of dead end jobs. Like I was working at Sam's Club for a while there, and um, I didn't really like what I was going to school for because it wasn't what I like. Because I was going for a, pretty much to be a game warden, and I really didn't like like that anymore. So I was like, well, I'm not dead end job for like so I decide what I want to go back to school for. So I seen that they were hiring, and I put right in for it. And, uh, you know, you get veterans preference and different things like that, so. Oh, shit. Huh. That's pretty cool, dude. It's kinda... Yes, I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely an opportunity. Um, I know, like, jobs are, they're not really hard to find, but good jobs are hard to find sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially now. Um, I think yeah. a lot of dudes are kind of struggling with that because some dudes are trying to find, like, uh, like, like not even, like, uh, better jobs just jobs that like 25 years sorry what was that and you actually mentioned to me too before we started recording about uh like you call it was called a uh, vocational rehab and i just i didn't know fucking anything about that until you mentioned it and i just kind of i'd love to fucking hear about it all right so it's it's a program offered through the va uh, as long as you have twenty percent disability, which you know, being uh, you know, people being infantry, that shouldn't be too difficult to get because you know our bodies are screwed. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, so so pretty much what it is is it allows uh, veterans who maybe have depleted all of their um, GI Bill, re- regardless if it was a post nine eleven or uh, Montgomery GI Bill, allows you to go back to school with the VA paid and everything. So the whole process is. Essentially, I haven't used it yet, but um, one of my counselors talked to me about it. Um, pretty much what happens is you fill out an application form of what you want to go to school for, uh, whether that's like a trade school, four-year school, uh, associate's degree, you know, whatever you want to go to school for. And essentially what happens is they, uh, they sit you down with the counselor, and you pretty much tell them what you want to do in that school, and then they hook you up, and they uh, they pay your... They pay a stipend. They give you a housing stipend. Uh, they give you all that good stuff there. So, I mean, it's pretty much just like using a GI Bill. And, and uh, this is like much... a completely yeah. separate thing, right? Like, do you, do you need to pay into this? Do you, like, what? Oh, no, this is completely separate. So, essentially, what the VA likes to do is if you're young enough, they want you to send you uh, back to school. I mean, you can go back to school f- to be a doctor, essentially, with this program here. There's no restrictions on the years that you can use it or the months that you could use it. It's completely different than your traditional GI Bill that we get after we get out. Um, you know, but the key is the 20% disability. And then that's like really the only like prerequisite you need. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's like, there's a bunch of stipulations where if you were in the Iraq, Afghanistan, desert storm, uh, Gulf war, there's like different, um, like you know, different uh, requirements if you don't have your your rating yet. So, but the twenty percent is kind of the easiest route to go, the less hassle, essentially. Um, 
you know, when you go, when you go to the VA or you can call them, they, they tried to talk to me about it. And I was like, I mean, I really can't go right now with my job. So it's definitely something I want to utilize. Yeah, I was going to say, because you could almost, you could use your GI Bill, finish that out, and then just start on, um, start on this and like get a master's or something. Yeah, essentially, it's a whole different program because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get, uh, they're trying to get veterans like back into the workforce. So that's what's going on. They're pretty much just trying to get us back into the workforce and back to having a job because. I know for some of us, it's kind of hard to get a job, whether it's through disabilities or different things like that. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a great opportunity. And there's no limit to, like, what school you can go to or what state or shit like that, right? There's no – there aren't it, any as far, like that. As far as I know, there's no stipulation on what you go for. Um, now, I, I don't know about, like, you know, your Ivy League schools or anything like that. Um these are pretty expensive, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know too much about those. Yeah, I'm actually I'm looking it up right now because I'm just I'm that fucking curious about it. I know I know they have they have changed the name of it, so I don't know if it's under vocational rehab. I mean, it says uh, vocational rehabilitation and employment services for veterans with disabilities. Yep, that's it. Because I know when I looked it up at one point in time, there was a, there was like a different name that they were using or a different like a uh, acronym that they were using. Huh. So. And, and um, this yeah. pays like the fucking uh, BAH and shit too, right? Yeah. So you still get your, I think it's like $1,500 a month is what you get. And then you get a book, a book stipend. So essentially it's just the same thing as your GI bill, except it's under a different a different name and uh, I think it's a little bit better. Huh. So um it's definitely something worth looking into if um I know a lot of people haven't heard of it. Yeah, um, I so I have it pulled up so it says uh what what is the program? It says so vocational rehabilitation and employment is an employment oriented program that helps transitioning service members and veterans with service connected disabilities and an employment handicap to prepare for obtain and maintain suitable employment services may include employment assistance uh, short or long-term training purchase of required supplies and equipment and on-the-job training for service members and veterans with compens compensable compensatable fucking yeah i'll say that fucking service connected disabilities <laughs> so severe that they may not be able to work the program offers services to improve their ability to live independently to maintain the maximum extent possible in their homes and community the support these veterans are provided may eventually enable them to return to work uh v- they call it like vr and e like abbreviated but um, yeah yeah, that and utilizes the five tracks to employment model and the provision of services. And then the tracks are uh, reemployment, rapid access to employment, uh, self employment, independent living services, and employment through long term services. Oh, yeah. And then it says here, uh, like the stipulations for it. So it says uh, a veteran with a combined service connected disability rating of at least 20% and hot or higher 
and meets the criteria for an employment handicap. Uh, a veteran with a combined SCD rating of 10% and meets the criteria for serious employment handicap. Um, service member who's awaiting discharge due to medical conditions uh, resulting from serious injury or illness from active duty. Um, a service member who is awaiting discharge has obtained a VA memorandum rating of 20% or more and expects to receive an honorable discharge upon separation. Uh, so, so do you have to be in still for this? No, no, no. It's, uh, you can be, so it's like, it's one of the things, like, if you're on the med board and stuff, like, there's, uh, there's different, there's a lot of criteria, obviously, but, um. Oh, so it's, so it's like, for both, it's for both. Yes. Uh, oh, this is another thing I need to tell everybody about. So, if you're doing, like, on-the-job training, you can utilize your GI Bill to receive a monthly stipend for that. Um, so like, so at the prison, you're on a one year probation, which they classify as, uh, on the job training. So for this whole year that I've been working there, which could be a year in January, um, I've been getting my monthly stipend as if I was going to school. Oh my God. That's actually kind of awesome. It's like, uh, so what it, it, what it, what it falls under is if you were doing an internship. So what it boils down to is about 10 extra thousand dollars you're going to get. Yeah, year. yeah. I was gonna say, even if I you mean, have that's like, free a, money. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's just passive income. At that mm-hmm. point, when when it's uh, when when you're like working, and then this is just you know that money is just accumulating in the background, and that was another thing we were gonna talk about was uh, dudes not wanting to use it because they feel like they don't deserve it. This isn't like like disability disability. Like when when everybody hears the fucking disability, they fucking they think it's like like normal fucking disability out in the civilian world this shit's literally disability compensation it's a compensation for the fact that like now your body is like all fucked up and you're fucking 22 like that that's what that's for it's not a fucking oh i'm fucking you know taking advantage of this no dude you're getting compensated for what you fucking what your body's endured for the last however many years you were in for and and another thing everybody needs to look at too is like yeah, we're in our 20s, maybe 30s, you know, depending on when we joined and, you know, how long we've been in and whatnot. Yeah, your bodies might be fine now. Well, what happens 40 years down the road when you're 65 and you can't walk up the stairs and you didn't file a VA claim 40 years ago because you didn't think you deserved it? Right. Well, now it's going to be really hard for you to get the VA assistance to help you get different things in your house, to help you, you know, say it's walkers, canes, like all that stuff. Right. Like, I mean, you know, you got to think long term. Oh, yeah. Very long you know, term. Because we, you know, we're all we're all young people and we think that we're invincible pretty much, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we all fucking, you know, I remember being, you know, 2017, I was thinking 2021, then like the date of my EAS, I was like, that's never going to come, you know. So that's fucking it, it's important to fucking plan for the future, dude. Like, like put it like if you're. Okay, if you're sitting there and filling this shit out and you're thinking, well, what should I claim? Everything that is not the same as the way it was before you joined, write it the fuck down. Claim if you like wake up, it. It, Pretty much if you wake up one morning and your elbow hurts, but it doesn't hurt you know, a week from now, still put that down because you, know, you never know. That could have been from you know, something falling down or something, you know. McMap or something because that has a lot to do with your joints and uh, 
a lot of joint pain, which they have tied into all of that stuff. So yeah, dude, that's if I definitely sleep something the wrong way, like my the fucking not even sleep the wrong way. Like I I've slept in these same positions uh for like years and stuff, and like now when I do it, like just the blood flow to my arms or fucking like even sometimes like parts of my leg will just fucking stop because it's like so something with the joints in it's just fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is really important too, because uh, you know, say you get a hundred percent disability. Well, that means that your family gets TRICARE now, or well, it's called a champ VA is what you get if you're a hundred percent disabled. Um, and that's like pretty much. I didn't even hear about that. Uh, what's that? Yeah. So, well, it's you have to be non-employable when if you get to that point. Oh. It's a uh, it's Champ VA, and it's pretty much insurance for your whole family. Yeah. Um, and that's like free through the VA and stuff. So. Oh really? Uh, huh. Yeah, that's what my wife and she had for a while there. Whenever before we got married and stuff. So. Oh shit. Yep. And I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know, too, with, like, the GI Bill and stuff, too, with, like, the first years, first three years after you get out, you go to any school in any state without getting charged out-of-state tuition. I don't know if that's really a common thing to know. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I didn't know that, but I noticed it when um when I was seeing the shit with uh, my school. Yeah, and then uh, I know, like, some people signed up with that, like, the heck was, oh, the Montgomery GI Bill. Um, so I don't know if you declare pretty much what GI bill you want to use when you apply for your, um, yeah, boot camp, your benefit, your benefits. Well, so if you say you want to use the Montgomery, G you said you want to use the Montgomery GI bill and boot camp because they told you, you know, well, you can change it when you get out. Yes, that's true. But like, if you want to change it when you go to school now, you can, because yeah, I mean, when I you just... apply for your, when you apply for your education benefits, they ask you what GI Bill you want to use. Right. Now, yeah. now that like $2,000 that you put in, or whatever, I think it was $2,000, um, you can't get that back until you exhaust your, fully exhaust your, your GI Bill. So You know, what's, you know what's, what's even crazier, though? What's that? Is that, um, so, so I had to put 1200 into this, and I found this out from TRS. This is the only thing I learned from TRS, and it pissed me <laughs> off. Um, so, so yeah, you have to finish out using the GI bill and then you have to put in this fucking form to get reimbursed, um, the 1200 you put in for, uh, the Montgomery, but they told us this in TRS. They're like, uh, they're like, yeah, but that's going to be taxed. So just plan for that. I was like, of course, I was like, you're going to tax me on something I didn't even use, but I gave you money, not even for like fucking like, like literally out of ignorance, I gave you fucking money, like a thousand two hundred dollars at that, and you're gonna tax it back to me. I did not know that. Yeah, it, it's fucked up, dude. That shit literally had me so fucking mad. It's ridiculous. Oh my god, I'd be mad. That is so, that's so dumb. But it's also like really hard to use your GI Bill too. Um, even if you took the minimum, uh, for full time, which is like, was it twelve credit hours? So that's like, I think it's like 15. roughly four. Yeah, something like that. Um, either way, like, even if you just took the bare minimum, you still, in four years, you still wouldn't, uh, you still wouldn't run out of, uh, your GI Bill. It's actually set for a little bit longer than that. Oh, I mean, it's 72 really? months. Yeah. Huh. But if you, like, crunch down the math, it's, uh, you're able to graduate with, like, I think it's, like, another six months left. 
Yeah, because I know they, they probably put that in there for dudes that are, like, still figuring out what the fuck they're doing in college and they're adjusting. Yeah, I mean, that that's also, like, another reason why I, um, you know, I got all my general education done. Um, so, and you get a lot of credits when you, from the military, I think it was, like, I think it was, like, 10 extra credits. Yeah, I need to put that like shit that. in, too. That, that shit yeah. I didn't put in, and, like, I was kind of, it's kind of my fault because I was being lazy about it, but... Um, yeah, my buddies, they were telling me they were getting around the same, like 10 credits or something. And that's still 10 something credits. like that. Yeah, it's still something. And dude. that it usually covers uh, some of your electives that you're going to need for credit hours for your degree. So it actually does help. Yeah. Um, you know, now I, I know a lot of them were covered under like CPR was one of them. If your college offers that, that was like an elective. And then I got like a bunch of, uh, like modern warfare, different things like that so they like put them into some like crazy credits but i mean that, that's more credits for your degree right right so, uh, i almost wonder if like uh that's probably that probably goes into all those like rotc classes and shit that's probably where they give you credit yeah they tried to talk me into doing that at wb yeah, and i was like <laughs> i was like i am not gonna go back in dude like, they have these stupid little uh army recruiting like stands and one of the recruiters tried to fucking say anything to me and i literally just held out one of my tattoos i was like i already did my four bro don't even try <laughs> yeah they uh they called me for a while asking me to come back in and then once covid hit they like called me and asked me if i still had a job and i was like yeah i do i don't have to worry about coming back in just for money like you know yeah, dude it's fucking it's crazy they, they, they were really just... try and get you with anything Oh yeah, they, they 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 try to get you real good. Oh yeah, yeah man. Um, they uh, what the oh oh so the JPEZ uh to get whatever whatever the fuck it was called what was that shit called the the credit thing wasn't it called J, the the JE something? Yeah, something like that. I mean, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. It, it was something like that. It sounded like the new thing for the promotion system for the Marine Corps, but um. Oh yeah, um, somebody. I think Benson was telling me about that or something like that. He told me, and uh, he was telling me that they, like they changed all that. Now you got to do like actual college courses to get promoted. Oh shit. Um, I was, but I was like, oh, I didn't have to do that. So oh, wait, I thought they had to do that before. <laughs> I thought like going to uh, going up the higher ranks, so you needed to fucking have some kind of school think, to compete. I think event, event, um, eventually once you got up higher, I think that's how it was. But I know like. If you were just trying to get to like corporal and sergeant, you oh, didn't need yeah, that. Yeah. But I know like gunnies and like above, they needed Isn't that, some so, type of schooling. So now they need that shit. Yeah, now you need it all the way down to freaking. Apparently, corporal is what he told me. Really. And what I heard, and I was like, "Well, that's freaking absurd." Because if you're in infantry, like, hang on, I can't go to the field because I got to go do college courses. Good luck with that. Yeah, I mean, I could see like the point behind it. You want to like cultivate more intelligent yeah i mean i only ever i only ever knew of like two or three people that were actually able to like go to school while they were in the infantry yeah i didn't and see they, too many people doing it either and you literally had to fight like tooth and nail oh yeah like you know if you're if you're not staying in you're pretty much you're pretty much the piece of shit like you know yeah that's kind of it's kind of ironic too because it's like you're a piece of shit for going to school <laughs> what Yes, I mean it, it's crazy, yeah. and then they hound you and hound you and hound you after you get out. Like, I mean, I, I know some people got back in, you know, if if that's your thing, you know. I mean, I think everybody at least thought about it one time, maybe. I mean, I thought about it there for a while, but then, you know, 
I just finished building my house, so I'm definitely not going to get back in anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's kind of uh, crazy. The, the longer you're out, the more, like, uh, the more shit's kind of starting to fall into place, and you're like, well, you know, maybe this isn't so bad. It's definitely, it's definitely tough, like, the first year or so after you get out because i mean it's definitely a hard a hard transition and a lot of people i've talked to have had uh, you know like similar similar experiences essentially uh it just doesn't seem like it's like centralized on a small group of people it seems like it's you know a larger group than what most people expect right um, right. And, and, and for you when you transitioned how was it for you was it like not too bad or was it horrible uh, I'd say it was probably on the rougher side for me. Um, I don't know. It was like a kind of like a a loss of purpose kind of deal. I mean, like I was happy to get out, but at the same time, like I was working in like sandwich shops and stuff. I was going to school, so that wasn't like you know a nice stroll. You know, I was making less money than I was when I got in. Where when I was in, so I mean that was difficult. And then like. You know, trying to have a life was difficult too at the same time because like you didn't make that much money and like you know the civilian life isn't structured like the military is. You know, every day you wake up as an O three, you know exactly what you're gonna do. Like you know exactly what your job is, and then you get out here and it's like do whatever you want. So it it was harder for me. Um, now I've kind of I feel like I'm doing a little bit better now. I kind of like. That's kind of why I went to the prison, too, because it's kind of structured the same, I guess. So I think I miss the guys more than I miss, you know, doing all the bull crap. But, yeah, because um, I guess working there, you you definitely would get that same kind of camaraderie. Yeah. It's, There's a it's lot pretty of jobs much like that, honestly, though. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And, you know, if you are struggling, you can't be afraid to go get help. Um, that's definitely a big thing. Yeah, dude. I, we never got trained to fucking sit there and like when you didn't know something they never taught us to sit there and like not say something you know <laughs> like they yeah, were always yeah, like it's... ask your buddy <laughs> yeah i mean and i think that's helped too because i've had a lot of guys reach out to me and ask me a lot of the things that we discussed today really because you know either trs had failed them or you know somewhere along the line somebody failed them and you know because it's it's hard to cover everything that you need to get out in such a little time. And I wish they would do more preparation if you were really getting out instead of trying to push you to stay in because regardless if you stay in for four years or eight years or six years, you're eventually going to get out and what are you going to do? If you don't do 20 years and retire in the military, what are you going to do when you get out? And I don't think that's covered enough. Yeah, I don't think there's there's a whole lot of... Um, dude, I, I always described it as uh, like a bubble, dude. Like, when we were all in the Marine Corps, literally, it, it was almost like a whole separate world. Like, literally, like, your daily life revolved around Lejeune, Jacksonville, the field. Um, if holidays were coming up, like, going home, like, driving through, or driving home, or fucking flying home, those airports, so you'd fucking start to memorize the routes and shit, um, and, and, um, you know, and just being at home for a little bit, too, but, like, like your life, like your day, everything was literally just like Lejeune. And then yeah. like, once you get out, you kind of realize like very, very quickly how big the world is. Like, it's kind of insane. 
And there's like little things too that you don't realize that are like you. <laughs> I laugh about this because well, I think about it now and I laugh, but you, everything that you do now, you might not even realize it, but everything we do has been programmed in us one way or another while we were in like the way you, you know, the way you carry something, you know, just like a glass. You probably carry it with a freaking 90 degree angle right in your elbow, regardless if you notice it or not. I mean, there's like little things like that that people around you would notice. Like my wife has noticed, like, should I change when I got out and stuff? So uh, the way I carried myself and different things like that. Um, yeah, there was there was a lot of stressors there, but might sound better now. Yeah, it's kind of weird, too. Like, um once you start surrounding yourself with just like normal dudes, like just how different like the Marine Corps culture is compared to like the rest of society, which obviously like we, we know by default it's going to be different, but you didn't really kind of realize just how much more different it is. Like, yeah, like I'm surrounded by fucking 18 and 19 year olds and shit here. And like, you know, they're all cool dudes and shit and, and like cool people, but it's like, it's like, I'm just so much farther in life than um than where they're at and what they've been exposed to you know and that's not like that's not their fault you know no no i mean it's not their fault and then i've noticed too like and this is what really gets me and i mean we dealt with this too like when we were in probably you might have met somebody that was like oh i would have joined but you know this this or this or something like that and like i've noticed i've talked to like a lot more people people say it almost now, like like they're insecure or something because they found yeah out. like something i mean they're just like oh i would have done it but you know i don't know it's just like it's a kind of an annoyance it like kind of irritates me on like a level of like well why didn't you do it then like you know it's not even like that for me i don't even know i just i fucking i'm literally i'm just like dude why are you explaining yourself to me like i don't care (laughs) oh yeah yeah. i I want to go back to smoking weed with you (laughs) yeah that was no and then uh another thing i wanted to bring too um so if you work at any federal job within within any agency, you could buy back your military time, uh, w- which is stupid. I don't think we should have to pay any money to get military time added onto our pensions. So at the prison, you got to work 25 years and you could retire. Well, you get like a percentage each year for however many years you work there. And then at the end, it like goes to like 33% pension. Well, your military can add on a percentage. You get 1%. For every year you served in the military, but you got to pay like, I think one of the dudes up there was a staff sergeant. He had to pay ten thousand dollars to buy back his what? time. Yeah, you got to pay <laughs> for one percent. One percent. So he he was in for eight years, so he gets an additional eight percent. But he had to pay ten thousand dollars up. They do in payments, but still, like, I don't think you should have to pay for any of your time. No, because, yeah, absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> what the you know, it's, fuck? It, yep. And then with your disability ratings and stuff, that also adds like a veteran's preference. So uh, with with no disability rating above, uh, I think they're ten percent. I think is what it is. Um, you get uh, five points. So you're five points above everybody else. Huh. And then if you're if you're any type of disability rating, then you get an additional five. So you get ten points, um, which helps in like the postal service. Pretty much any any government job that you apply for. Um, you know, that's really good. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely opened up some career paths. Um, but yeah, so how did you like your, uh, what the heck is your VA rep? Was it good at uh, Penn State? I didn't, I didn't even fucking, I didn't even have one. 
Oh, shit. That's like, that's another good thing to reach out to is because they can help you with um, different things because, uh, so like the VA reps and stuff, you get like your own study halls and everything else like that. Like they can help you get uh, computers and stuff with like Voc Rehab helps with that if you need a computer for school, uh, as long as you fit that criteria. Even without that, uh, your VA reps can help you get computers and stuff for school. It might not be like an Apple MacBook or something, but they can get you computers, iPads, different things to help you with schooling. Yeah, there's a shit ton of, like, just at my school, there's a fuck ton of, like, just kind of free resources almost that you can use. And, like, honestly, yeah, if you need a laptop or something, dude, like, you can get, like, a dirt cheap one for, like, 200 bucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, um, now, even with schooling, don't buy, like, brand new books with your book stipend. Uh, Chegs does some pretty good stuff uh, with, like, renting books and different things like that. That's what I used to use. And it saved me, like, a fuck ton of money. I think I got all my books for my one semester for, like, 300 bucks. Honestly, what's kind of annoyed me the most um, with college is that we paid for all these fucking books. And, dude, like, most of these classes, they don't even use them. Oh, yeah. So I always waited. Um, I was kind of like the shit bag for it, though. But I waited like the first week. And then I seen if we were, I seen if, because some of my professors would be like, oh, yeah, don't even buy the book because we're not going to use it. So I wouldn't even buy it until the second week of school. And then I'd be like, well, yeah, I don't got my book, but it's coming, you know, because I'm not going to spend all that money on a book that I'm never going to use. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm doing next semester. I'm going to wait and see you know? which classes are actually yeah. using it. And then if you think that I did this too, like if you thought you were going to use a book, um, like say you, you thought you were going to use it for your career and you could probably use it five years down the road then just buy it. That way you have it, you know, especially depending on what everybody's going to school for, because, you know, different jobs and different things can use, you know, some of those books could be helpful. You know, maybe you forgot how, I don't know, you know, yeah, they're useful. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you never know when you might need to like dig in fucking. Yeah. And I, th I think, an I think another point too is like a lot of people push four-year colleges, but I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to like the job outlooks for different jobs and stuff, but the trade schools, that's another yeah, good, uh, you know, because I mean, if you're a hands-on person, that's the way to go because they are dying for people right now. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention that too, because a lot of dudes like, uh, underestimate the fuck out of, uh, trades and what that can, you can be making six figures with a trade and like, yep. Electricians, um, plumbers, electricians. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think, uh, a couple of my friends went to do this. They, uh, they got into like lineman work, like working on power yep. lines and shit. Yeah. That shit pays crazy too. But you have to weigh this option there too with that is like, do you want to be home or do you want to be on the road a lot? Like if you don't want to be, if you're single and you don't want to see your family or you don't have a family, that's the way to go too. like, you got to think about that too. Like family is very, I don't know, for me, it's really important. It's right, like a lot of my right. jobs I've like, you know, you want, you know, I mean, it, it just all depends. If you're single and you ain't got nobody, then that's the way to go. Because I know a bunch of my friends, they did that and like, yeah, the money's great, but they're never home. Yeah, see, that's that's a thing for me. If like if I'm never home and you know I'm making all this money and shit, but I don't really get to enjoy it, it's like the fuck. Yeah, because at, uh, at the prison, you know, the like obviously somebody has to work a post all the time, right? So you can get mandated to those posts. Like, say you're on day watch, you can get mandated evening watch, and you gotta stay there for sixteen hours. Yeah, like for a while there, for like three weeks, I didn't. I was doing five doubles in a row. 
but I was still getting two days off, but it sucked. Like, yeah, you're making great money, but I can't spend it because I'm always at work. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like, you know, it's a great thing, but I mean, yeah, I mean, there's suck. dudes, up, there's dudes up there that, uh, they made $80,000 our first year, but they also did seven days a week of doubles. Like, jeez. I mean, that, yeah. that's a lot of money though. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money too, but like, I'm like, well, what did you do? He was like, I just slept all the time. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. Like, I want to enjoy my life. Right, right. But, um, yeah. yeah, man. We hit on some great shit, dude. We covered, like, fucking a lot of shit, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, if anybody's got any questions, don't be afraid to reach out. Because, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you might get eventually down the road where you don't. Oh, well, he covered it in this, but he didn't really, you know, if there's other questions, don't be afraid to reach out because I'll help anybody, you oh, know, yeah. uh, especially with, like, the VA process and, like, the appeal system and all that stuff. Like, if you guys have questions, don't be afraid to reach out because I've helped a bunch of people already that have, like, reached out to me personally, and I've helped them through the steps, and, you know, there's a lot of different things out there, and uh, the VA also has, like, a lot of resources, too. Don't be afraid to ask. The VA's, like... Yeah, the VA might be a little messed up, but, like, there are a bunch of good people that work there, and they do want to help veterans. Yeah, absolutely, like, man. You know, you're, we're not alone in the battle. Yeah, we really aren't, especially when we have, like, each other and, like, all these things that, like, still keep us connected. Oh, yeah, that's, like, and I think, like, this page, too, has helped a lot of people, and, you know, it definitely has got some seriousness, and it's got a bunch of laughs. Like, I think we're doing a great thing here. Yeah. Right, right. Just have that... that perfect little balance yep <laughs> exactly <laughs> so well man i want to yeah. thank you for uh coming on to the show and like taking the time to talk with me about all this stuff well thanks for the invite um i appreciate it yeah absolutely man yeah we gotta do this again sometime get get like a little group going or something just all talking oh, about for like, sure, for sure. yeah and um you know if you got ideas that you want to talk about don't be afraid to reach out yeah um, absolutely man you know there's like a lot of good topics and you know, I mean, there's a lot of things to talk about. There's a lot of things that we've gone through and some people haven't gone through yet and, you know, spread the knowledge. Yeah, man. Well, uh, have a good night, man. And, uh, everybody else, uh, have a good night too. See you guys next time. It sounds good.